welcome to Risk Roundup. The impact of COVID-19 pandemic is far-reaching for individuals and entities across nations. The resulting complexity has become a new constant in our individual and collective lives. While the blame game is ongoing for the failures, the reality remains that we need to protect ourselves, our businesses, our industries and nations from what has hit us. As we begin to evaluate, it is not only the individuals that are being impacted, the challenges seem to be getting complex for businesses as well. Seemingly, the growing complexities are mainly due to the interconnectedness and interdependencies of our systems. So as the risk of cascading failures are becoming a reality, to evaluate how businesses are adjusting to the growing complexity, or rather how businesses can adjust to the growing complexity, I'm delighted to welcome Natigar to this roundup. Natty is the founder of Galaxies, a management consulting organization based in the United States. Welcome, Natty. We are so very honored to have you on Risk Roundup. Well, thank you for having me. Wonderful, Natty. So we see these complex systems all around us. This COVID-19 pandemic is perhaps more complex than the invent of internet or probably the climate crisis that is on everybody's mind. So before we begin a discussion on COVID-19 impact to the businesses, let us begin by discussing how have businesses been adjusting to many such complex systems over the years? What approach helped them most from your you know, assessment? Okay, so I think it might be better to start with a little bit of definition. So we all be on the same page. So uh, we distinguish between complicated and complex. Um, and it's kind of uh, related to COVID. So there are complicated problems and those are problems that has a lot of um, elements, but uh, so it takes time to understand what is the problem, how to resolve it. But once you manage to resolve the problem, you are getting very expected results of what you're dealing. You know, a phone is, it's an iPhone is a good example. It has tons of elements inside, but uh, once uh, it was produced, you know what to expect out of it. Um, complex are problems are problems that also have a lot of elements, but uh, the main problem is that uh, you can't expect what the system is going to do, uh, while in complicated you can expect. And I think that uh, one of the main um, obstacles in front of organization is that uh, we all wired to deal more with complicated problems. Um, engineering that we all like to follow is an excellent solution to deal with complicated issues, um, but it's uh, kind of a falling apart when it needs to deal with complex, uh, because uh, you know engineering or or um, all the concept of um, strategic management are based on the fact that you can predict to some degree what's going to happen, and then you can design something or um, create a strategy that will help you to move from one direction to another direction. But uh, if um, the situation is unpredictable, very hard to be predictable, then obviously uh, if you keep on using the tools that they are getting used to, do, to, to use for complicated issues, and you're applying to complex, you have a problem. And uh, what we see is that uh, many organizations simply oblivious to that. So they, 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 do, they don't know it. They ignore it. Uh, you know, even before COVID, if you sat in a room and someone mentioned some complex problem, everyone probably would say, oh, this is very hairy. 
and everyone will nod with your head and oops, we are moving to the easiest uh, uh, solution that needs to be resolved. But uh, um, the problem is that the complex problems are with us. COVID just emphasized in a very nice way that uh, they are not going anywhere. They are increasing all the time. Um, you know, we can go into uh, um, the, the, the processes that create complexity, um, but in a nutshell, every organization to survive and thrive and, and, and to, um, to, to be able to conduct business or to lead uh, any kind of uh, industry needs to have variety. And uh, the process of creating variety, the, the um, resources that needed to maintain variety are creating complexity because you have more element to manage and you have more uh, people that needs to manage it. And when you start to have more and more elements that are autonomous, they can make their own decision, diverse, they can see world or life in different ways, but they're still very interconnected. And then the end result is that uh, although you can, to some degree, know what each one of us is going to do uh, as a whole, as a system, it's, it's unpredictable. Um, yes. And um, it, it's, it's a problem because we are right now, or most of organization or, or leadership or management as it is set up today, uh, doesn't have the right tool to deal with complexity. Uh, you know, uh, it might sound too extreme, but it's, it's reality. So if it's, um, it's kind of, uh, we will ask, um, so if we ask uh, several, um, I don't know, several people that expert in physics to resolve problems that got to do with um, um, with, with, with not with the atom itself, but with the interconnectivity uh, within the atoms, the, the, yes. the, the yes. standard uh, model of, of the atom. Uh, and they don't have any clue about quantum. They won't be able to resolve any problem, sorry. They are not going to uh, help you to resolve any problem. Yes. Um, but if they will have this knowledge of quantum, they uh, have better tool set and better understanding so they can manage to find issues and resolve them. And yes. I think the same, the same applied to management. There is, um, um, we, there, there are, proven ways in science how to deal with complexity. Uh, there are at least two sciences that uh, explain uh, how complexity is created and what are the uh, 14 um, attributes that um, help to organizational system to survive and thrive in complexity. But um, since they are science and since they are abstract and since they are more mathematical in nature, uh, and uh, more uh, physics in nature, uh, we don't tend to observe them and use them inside organization, and we are missing one of the major tools that yes. exist for us, you know, to deal with complexity. So, uh, I don't know. Uh, I, sorry, that no, it's, I, I, but I just want to emphasize, uh, I think it's a very important point that the uh, uh, organization needs to be aware of and uh, be more open and susceptible to new ideas and try to see what science done and what other disciplines are doing that better manage complexity. Yes. Um, yes. In order to, to, you know, eventually people are working for organizations. So 
if uh, we, if uh, leaders are not making the right decision, people are impacting all over the world. It's like it's, it's not a game. You are impacting people's life, and you need to. Um, on top of the business that you have to conduct, the other people that depends on you. You need to make the right decision to. Absolutely, I think you gave a great background and you know very good understanding about the complexities and compli difference between complexities and complicated and. Uh, gave a good example about the physics, you know, uh, and how to evaluate, you know, at an atomic level, what different variables are there. So if you look at the, you talked about from the organization perspective, now if we focus on even just the risk perspective, there are independent risk and there are interconnected and interdependent risk. And most of the organizations, they focus on silo independent risk. It's even if they know that there are you know interconnected interdependent risks many of the times they just decide to you know transfer those risks or ensure the risk or you know simply ignore it so the the risk that is how you know they keep getting bigger and bigger and complex and you know they become difficult to manage so these what you explained is fits right there into the you know whole the dynamics that you know the what we don't understand, we cannot manage effectively. So if we don't understand the complexities of the systems at the organizational level, at the national level or industry level or national level or global level, if we don't understand the complexities, if we don't understand all the different, you know, parts that make those, you know, systems, then we cannot manage that effectively. So while the COVID-19 pandemic is novel and it's a new virus and it brings itself, you know, its own, uh, security risk, you know, because we don't understand the virus and how it's going impacting the humans, what systems it impacts, or you know how the human health is impacted by it, and how we can create what kind of uh, preventive or therapeutic drug we can create to manage the health impact. That itself is an enormous challenge. But I mean, keeping that aside, the health impact there is also enormous impact on businesses, and uh, it is important to understand how businesses are responding to the complexity of this COVID-19 impact on their businesses, their survival, their security, their very survival and security because most businesses are facing enormous challenges, you know, right now. So, and everything is connected. It's a, if businesses don't survive, then, you know, the economy gets impacted, national security gets impacted. So how are businesses responding to this enormous complexity of COVID-19 that has impacted them all of a sudden, nobody was prepared. True. No, 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 so, you know, I wouldn't say no one, but uh, obviously many weren't prepared. Yes. And yeah, and, and, and they, they uh, you can see the, the outcome of that. Um, so re regretfully, I don't think that our prepared for that and I don't think that, uh, so you know, the way that the organization trying to do with complexity is two ways. Uh, they're trying to simplify it, they're trying to get more control. Um, and those two are awesome if you're dealing with complicated issues, but they are not going to help you with complex. So you are trying to simplify it. In reality, you're creating more complexity because you're trying to, you're actually breaking stuff to lower, lower LMS because you're trying to simplify. Um, eventually, you're getting more complex. You're trying to control it, it's not going to help you. Uh, you can't control a, a complex system. The, the um, unpredictability is inherent in the system. So, uh, you know, we would like to think that we can control everything. I think COVID is a good example that we can't. 
um, or you know, there is a, this, this, this dam now in Wuhan that is uh, like in China is going to collapse. Uh, like four, 400, uh, 400 million people and uh, I think around 16 uh, nuclear uh, facilities are in danger um, because people, yeah, it's like really uh, scary there. Um, think what happened after Chernobyl, so now I'm 60. Um, but but it's, it's kind of a proof that uh, we try to control uh, the flow of the Yangtze River, um, but eventually nature is too strong, yeah? You can't uh, control it. And um, I think that if organization wants to deal with complexity, they need, instead of uh, pushing it out, they need to adjust to it. And you know, this is where, where the science coming in because there are, uh, if you take a city, it's a complex environment, yeah? Um, it's uh, surviving and thriving for thousands of years. It's just growing all the time, yeah? If you take a, an organization, I'm doing a dirty trick, but it's, uh, it will, it will point, uh, prove the point, okay? If you take an organization, um, it's um, in the last 60 years, the lifespan of an organization, the average went from 60 years to 15 years. So every organization going in the right uh, direction, the other, the other direction. What's the main difference between those two? One is a pure um, system that was uh, not designed it, yeah? it's evolving and it knows how to deal with complexity and it's dealing with complexity each and every day. The other one is more controlled. Uh, we are trying to reduce as much as we can the unpredictability because as human beings, we don't like it. Um, and the end result is that the data prove that it's not growing, it's shrinking. So you can definitely start to see um, the, the difference between that. And the interesting thing that uh, it does, you don't need to, you know, it's pretty simple to adjust to, to complexity. You just need to understand that not everything in life is, can be controlled. And there are elements that you can adapt. Uh, you know, you don't have to adapt uh, everything that uh, exists in the city, but you can definitely adapt certain elements and, and, and go sure. and make a progress. And you know, all the agile uh, movement that we see uh, and uh, the changes in perception of uh, employee as uh, as people. So the, over the last uh, twenty years, there were like significant change that uh, prove that uh, under people understand that there is a problem and they're trying to find solutions how those problems how this problem can be resolved um sure now, if, I, if i may interrupt uh, yeah, sure. the, you mentioned the point that you know the lifespan of the organization has shrunk compared mm -hmm. to you know, before so is is the digital age the reason behind that the digitization or you know automation or you know the simply the failure or you know inability to innovate and to come up with new products and services because now the uh, entire ecosystem is you know so competitive you know the, the competitiveness you know the threats are not coming just from within the industry but outside the industry you know and not just within your nation but outside the nation so all do you think all these variables played a role in the lifespan of the organization so I, I, yes, I do think that all of them play a, a, a part, but I think all of them are a symptom, okay? I think that the root cause is a growing gap 
between, so you know, most of the management system that we are operating today are based on Frederick Taylor, uh, um, Weber, like those, those are 100 years ideas that uh, still are prominent in the business world, okay? And, and those ideas are, are really awesome when you, when you have to operate uh, production lines. Um, and they did magic in production lines, but uh, more and more companies, uh, all the stuff that you mentioned, created an environment where you are now getting data and money, not necessarily from production lines, yeah? You, you sell virtual stuff, you sell data, uh, you turn people from, or many people from being a part of the production line to people that, um, um, you know, taking advantage of a, a group abilities to create something new and sell it. Uh, all of those elements just created more and more complex environment because you have now more elements involved and more autonomous part and all interlinked. Uh, and, you know, globalization now, instead of having a small network in different areas, now everything is connected. So a small change here impacts on the entire world. Um, and simply in my point of view, it, what happened is that uh, we, we didn't refresh or we didn't upgrade management system to deal with the complexity that, uh, that we see. Um, so everything is like, you know, everything that you mentioned, it's, it's, a, it's a symptom. But if you want to really, really go and resolve it, you need to open your mind and you need to start to think uh, creatively <laughs> what you can do or what you, so no, the, the data is there. It's not hidden anywhere. It's uh, like uh, open a book or open the internet, Google, uh, complex adaptive system, uh, read it and you see what science says about uh, like well, what they find out, what, what are the uh, attributes that helps organization to be uh, sure. successful, okay? They are not common in the working place, I can tell you for sure. Uh, now you, you, can't, uh, like you can't change the world in one day, so you can't flip it. But you can definitely uh, find elements that you feel more comfortable with and start to uh, adapt them. And agility is, by the way, one of the main ways to do it. You know? So Scrum, is, as an agile way, is heavily based on complex adaptive system. That the, the founder of Scrum just keep on saying out loud that uh, he took all of like, most of the ideas from complex adaptive system. Sure. So, but but yeah. my point. Let me interrupt here. Sorry. You know, my point is before we talk about the systems, I think it's the approach that you know takes the priority for business individuals or businesses because. While yes, of course, you know, we, if we have to keep all of our systems upgraded and we have to make sure that we, our systems are, you know, fit to the changing environments, to the rapidly changing environment. And especially if we look at now, when in, during the COVID-19, most of the, you know, states and most uh, businesses were in shutdown and a lot of them are still in shutdown or they have gone, you know, changed their strategy and they have uh, gone digital, but not everyone is able to go digital. So uh, we, it is about the business decision makers, what they are prioritizing and how they are approaching the systems, you know, to build the systems that are fit for this, you know, changing times uh, comes secondary, but it's the approach. And do you see from your perspective that business decision makers have the right approach, right mindset in how to go through these changing times? It's a tough question. So <laughs> um, let's start with the fact 
that 86% of them doesn't think that what they're doing or what they have right now is the right solution. So that's like, uh, I think uh, Gartner or uh, Capgemini survey, I think around like 6,000 of executive, uh, 86% says that uh, they don't feel that uh, the current organization structure or uh, the, the, the management model that they're following is, is supporting the needs of the company, but no one knows what to do. So, you know, kind of they're saying that they don't know what to do, yeah? So I, I tend to agree with them. So I don't think that they know what to do. And I don't think that, uh, I think that there's awareness that something else needs to be done. Um, you know, that there are, I won't put names, but they are like a very um, old fashioned guys in oil organization that experiment, experience, uh, like experimenting right now uh, agile on the business level, not IT, uh, if you're smiling, probably you know what I'm talking about, uh, on the on scale of uh, 20,000 people. So uh, there is definitely an understanding of leaders that uh, there should be a different way. I'm not sure that uh, they know where to look. I'm not sure that, um, I'm sure that they want, so all of them are very smart people and all of them are looking to grow their businesses. Um, mm -hmm. But you know, um, knowledge is a power, yeah? Yes. And if, uh, if you don't uh, um, aware of uh, what exists, then you're not taking advantage of that. Um, you, you can't, you won't have it, okay? I can give you an example of someone that is doing it. So if, if, you, um, if you look at Zappos, um, so Zappos is running based on concept, uh, concept of complex auto system for almost 10 years. Uh, when they started, everyone said, not that. Um, but uh, look at the performance and they look how they dealt with uh, um, COVID. And you find out that um, there are different ways how to, how, now it's, it's, it's an experiment from their point of view, but it's a very successful experiment that even after it was bought by the, uh, Amazon, they still give them the opportunity to run the experiment because it's very successful. Yeah, so there are organizations, I wouldn't say anyone, there are organizations that, um, um, that are open, but um, you know, most of leadership is, is, is a different generation, yeah? Uh, and it's a generation that uh, came from business school with a different perspective on life, different perspective on organization. Um, what they learn, what they believe is more uh, fit to, complicated environment uh, no, 100 years ago and less for now. And I thought that it's not coming from that perspective. It's just, I think, missing knowledge. Yes. Or are not open to, uh, uh, to the idea that there's a different way how to, uh, how to deal with reality. And you, know, you, don't have to, you don't have to adopt everything that uh, moves around you, but you can definitely try at least. So you know, take one team, take one approach, try it. See how it works. If you see any changes, adopt it. You don't see any changes. Yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah, but you know, even that, uh, even that idea is kind of uh, so. Everyone, every discussion that you're going to have with executive ends up with efficiency. Agree? Yeah. Yes. Yes. No. Yeah. You are. I, I. I hear you because you know this. Uh, this situation is so complex, and if we look at the human society or even the COVID-19 pandemic, these are all, these are both complex adaptive systems. Everywhere, all the systems at all levels have become very complex and they are all have very adaptive. So 
the reason they're adaptive is that because these are the systems that we are talking about at all levels, they're dynamic networks and they consist of all independent and interconnected, you know, uh, interconnectedness, you know, it's, uh, we cannot focus only in silo about our system. So we, everybody, all the pieces that are made into a system, they all have to adapt to the ever changing, uh, you know, environment simultaneously. So even if once, you know, component of that system changes or adapts, if the rest of them are not adapting or not changing, then it does not make any sense in this complex interconnected digital world. So here adaptation is the key. And the challenge is that, you know, to know if all the businesses are willing to adapt to these COVID-19 challenges and changes simultaneously, do you see that, you know, they're willing to, they're acknowledging the need. Anyone, let's say, you know, if you talk about one industry, energy industry, or, you know, retail industry, retail industry, they, they have been prepared because e-commerce, you know, Amazon and, you know, sites like that, they have been preparing. So most of these, you know, environment have, you know, digital uh, twin there and, you know, people can buy online, people can buy from stores. So they are kind of prepared, but most industries, other than, of course, technologies, they were not prepared. They never saw the need for preparation. And for industries like, you know, airlines and all that, there is no way they can prepare. If people are not flying, you know, what are they going to do? Even if they go, you know, there's nothing they can do in that uh, scenario. If people don't go to restaurants, what are they going to do? They cannot, you know, uh, suddenly, you know, overnight change the business model that could help them. So there are a lot of different components. You know, if you look at of the broader, you know, industries, the broad businesses within industries and industries within nation, there are many, many complex variables. So how do businesses or how, you know, industries or nations, you know, adapt to such sudden shift in how to, you know, do things? So, you know, um Eventually, you won't have any choice to adapt because if you want to adapt, you're going to end up like Toys R Us or like Hertz. Uh, or I don't know, like now the list is long. It's probably going to be longer, yeah? Uh, it's going to be longer because uh, they're not adapting. And, uh, you know, where it's, uh, I don't, uh, you know, you, if you're taking all the credit on success uh, as a manager or as a leader, you should take all the credit on failure as well. So, uh, yes, so if, uh, if uh, you see uh, more and more companies um, disappearing from the landscape of the Fortune 500, uh, that's another indication that uh, maybe the system that you are running or using is, is, has flaws, okay? Or it stopped being uh, um, the right fit for, for the environment. Um, so I think that they eventually, there's nothing they can do about it. They will find themselves adapting one way or another. But see, the, you, you, you mentioned a very important point about if, you know, success is there, then can manager take all the credit? Or if there is a failure, can, you know, should he take all the blame for that? And that brings to a very important point about the decision-making process, whether it's a centralized decision-making or whether it's a decentralized, you know, in these kind of scenarios, should businesses, you know, allow only the managers or, you know, decision makers should take business decisions, you know, about how to change, how to adapt, or should they, you know, 
do the you know brainstorming and allow everyone to give their input so that you know they can come up with the best ideas what do you see happening across businesses in our uh, businesses <laughs> so i think that there is much more openness to that um i would say that uh, there are more and more organizations that understand the need of um, um let's say distribute decision making or, or even distributing decision making to uh, other um, elements of or to lower level in the hierarchy. Uh, that's pretty common. Um, you know, no one, so just like this COVID, if you want to deal with it, you have to have a team. Uh, you can't have any, there's no Superman uh, that is going to come or the lonely rider and shoot someone and the problem goes away, okay? It's gone. Um, the problem is that uh, it's a huge mental shift in the American culture because uh, all, all the movies that we saw, all the things that we learned were, are based on the fact that there is one sheriff that's going to save the day. And this sheriff should be the manager. Uh, in, in people head and I think it's uh, it, it takes time for uh, people to understand to, to do like a, a mental model shift uh, into understanding that uh, when you're dealing with complexity you out to uh, listen to a team and give the team the ability even like I, I believe a vote of a team is better than a decision of one guy okay uh, when, when it's like if it's a complicated problem or simple problem, no problem. Like I, I'm breaking down, one guy can make decision. But uh, when you started to deal with complexity, uh, as you know, it's not just that you need to uh, distribute it. You need to have um, diversity. You need to have more and more people that sees the world in different eyes and have different experience, and they can augment the decision with more uh, understanding of how everything is connected because yes, yes. I, I so, yeah. on that and that that's a very important point because see i mean if you look at covid 19 uh, we are if you look at our nation you know and I, I think it's a pretty much the same story in every country is that all the decisions are being made you know at the federal level you know central government you know uh, that is dictating you know uh, which vaccines get into trial you know which policies, you know, who, who has to go shut down. I mean, states do have a say, but it's still, you know, we see that there is an attempt to, you know, mandate how things are, you know, should be done all across nations. Now, when we have such a complex system, complex challenge like COVID-19, that is my fundamental, you know, concern and question is that should we allow some, you know, uh, one person or a group of people take all the decisions that would impact our very survival and security, not only our individual human health we are talking about, but also for businesses. So, or should we let everyone, you know, do what they want to do, how to survive, you know, these uh, very troubling, you know, challenging times. I, I, what would you say about that? Because I think this comes down fundamentally about, you know, who can mandate, you know, should we have an autonomy of decision-making for our own survival and security? Or should we let, you know, some other people, you know, who have no idea how a business operates or what, you know, complex challenges business are facing right now or will face, be taking the decision for our, their survival and security? So I believe that you need to have a group to make decisions, okay? 
Um, I think though that if you give everyone autonomy to protect himself, you end up with anarchy. So uh, there should be uh, some, something in between. Uh, definitely one guy making the decision for everyone. Um, it's good when you're in war and you have to make decisions fast, okay? Uh, or when you're dealing uh, with, with uh, again, like with something that is, is, is like, it's complicated, but not complex. But um, it's definitely, even if you have one guy that, so you know, like, if you're talking about cooperation, um, there are laws, okay? So you have, you have uh, executive and they are accountable and the market uh, and, and like the legal element of uh, organization can find them accountable. Um, and they need eventually to, whenever we like it or not, they're accountable for the decision. Okay, so now it's their decision. If they're listening to a group of people, uh, no one's going to uh, find them like accountable the way that they make the decision, it's their decision. But eventually, um, there are some law and regulation that enforce uh, several people to make decisions. Um, I think they need to be open, and part of them are. So even state, you know, like uh, I won't get into politics, but there are countries that uh, listen to advice of um, experts, which is a team. Sure. And, uh, and please know this: uh, we are we are totally apolitical. We do not believe in cognitive bias based on any political ideology. So our focus is entirely on finding solutions to, you know, the security risk facing us in the most, you know, uh, intelligent way using the collective intelligence. So please feel free, you know, to respond the way you want to. No political ideology. I'm not political. I'm just saying that we're uh, not political. Uh, uh, there are uh, countries that um, listen to, so the leaders listen to group of experts that they form and their ability to deal with COVID is much better than, than uh, countries that uh, uh, do have a, a group of, uh, but they're not listening to them, okay? And there are like plenty from this and plenty for that. It's like really not politics. Um, but it shows you that there are two different approaches to making decision as an impact on the bottom line of life of people, on the bottom line of risk, on the bottom line of how, how, how you're dealing with, with crises. Um, both of them exist. I never did a, you know, a, a research or I counted how, how much from each and every type. But uh, in the last uh, 10 years, I feel that um, there's definitely Organization-wise, uh, companies, there's definitely more shift to listen uh, or to give people, like, or, or to create mechanism that they get a distributed decision-making uh, or to enable a group of people to, to give a suggestion and usually the leader will follow the suggestion that the group gave him. Uh, you might try to, you know, impact the the, 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 the suggestion, but it's still like it's 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 a group interaction. It's not a, um, now the the tricky part that um, when you have hierarchy and you have a group, still uh, if I can fire you or I can control the way that you're going to be insured or uh, take care of your dear ones when you have, have a disease. Um, I, it's not necessarily 100% peer-to-peer interaction, okay? So it's a group 
but um, it depends on the personality of the guy who runs the group. I know, does he instill fear or is not, and there are different styles. So not necessarily when you see a team, it's one in, in corporate world uh, or, or in politics uh, or in like running gov a company, a governance, it's not necessarily the same because when you have like the authority that uh, goes down the pipe, there's, um, there's a problem with that. Okay, it's not the same as like uh, you and uh, five, uh, I don't know, three, five other friends of yours uh, wants to make a decision. Do you want to go? Everything's okay, no COVID. Uh, to Disney on Florida, to Disney on uh, um, California, and uh, eventually you reach a, a decision, and you everyone follows the same decision because you want to go together. Yeah, it's not, not the same um, mechanism, not the same interaction. Um, and again, I know it's all, it's all boiled down to how you run an organization, and uh, yeah. organization are very really 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 unique experiment in you. No, it's relatively new. So we were just talking about 100 years before that organization didn't look the same at all. Uh, and we we tend to forget it. it's not always like that. Uh, there were like no church, and so there was hierarchical organization for many years. But uh, if you compare church to organization, it's not the same. There's a lot of freedom. And autonomy to every 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 church by itself. It's not like they're dictating everything to a level that uh, they scrutinize every every what what the preach going to say in every Sunday. Um, um, so it's, yeah, you see where I'm going. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, I, I hear you. I understand what you're trying to say, and I was just thinking about it because these complex systems are defined by relationships, right, between all its parts, all its components that give rise to the collective behavior and how the you know then you know the system will interact and form relationship with the external environment so internal environment external environment behavior but everything starts with the individual human behavior so when we look at this covid-19 uh, at the individual behavior is at the center of you know everything you know irrespective of whether you know it's uh, how we will you know be able to prevent or withstand the covid-19 infections, you know, uh, how many infections will be there or, you know, social distance, I mean, physical distancing, not social distancing. We never want social distancing, physical distancing. And at the same time, we all, what the point that you made that, yes, we do not ever want anarchy. We would never, you know, go for any support, any uh, initiative that, you know, takes us towards that because that would be the end of, you know, the democracy and, you know, the uh, nation that we all love. But when you look at, you know, the complex decisions businesses have to make. For instance, you know, small businesses. I mean, we all have read the cases about uh, many salons, you know, who tried to open up during uh, the shutdown because they simply were not able to uh, feed their families. They were not able to make any living uh, shutting down. And uh, for them, it was do or die, you know, kind of situation. And they had to open up for their very survival. Now, was that an anarchy, you know, they were trying to do? Was that a decision that they were trying to, uh, you know, create complex challenges for the country or they were simply trying to survive? So when we look at all these cases that, you know, emerged during this COVID-19 shutdown and when we look at, you know, overall, you know, relationship between autonomy, survival, security, decision-making, mandates and all that, this becomes very, very complex because when we look at uh, the reality for businesses, 
to survive, to compete in this very uncertain COVID-19, you know, environment, there is, is there any one way for each of these business to operate for them to be able to even survive, or let alone, you know, be successful, you know, and make profits that all is a secondary right now, but even just to survive. There's no one way, yeah, you know, yeah. there's no one way. Um, so let, let me go back to efficiency, okay? Um, the, the best way that I'm aware of to survive or to adapt in complexity is, is the idea of evolution, okay? So you are uh, enabling mutation of different ways to achieve the same thing in your organization and you are um, eventually end up with one is the best fit. But the problem with this approach is that uh, it's not efficient. So many organizations do have the tools in front of them to do it, okay? But um, we, so, so uh, you said everything is people, everything is people, and everything is mental model in some people. Yes. So if, if my mental model said that efficiency is the most important thing on earth, uh, I'll end up in chapter 11 because of efficiency. Like, um, Hertz uh, was an efficient company, Toys R Us very efficient company. Does it help them? It didn't. Um, you know, all the, all the, the, from Kodak all the way to, I don't know, the Hertz is the last one. Um, they all were efficient to some degree company, yeah? I don't know to which degree, but they were. Um, what they, they definitely missed uh, is their management uh, ability uh, let's take IBM as a good example, okay? So IBM three times experienced very tough uh, um, um, scenarios and what they've done, they've done exactly what I said. They let uh, different parts in, in, in IBM uh, to create different mutation, eventually one uh, kick off and they adopted it, okay? Uh, just lately, you know, they have like Watson and they have uh, the, the, the blockchain and I don't know what else, uh, I think I forgot, but eventually they, they like, I hear this now about Watson, yeah? Um, so you can start to see that uh, eventually one is better fit than others, and um, that are eventually adopting the one is better, and this is what uh, brings probably IBM now for the fourth time, <laughs> the ability to keep on surviving and, and thriving. Uh, and if they won't do that, if they will say, oh, this is like waste of money, I need to save more money because I'm in, in trouble, um, then um, I'm sure that they won't uh, end the, the same way. Um, so like you're asking for example, this is like very simple example, you know, you're not, uh, you're not even shying away from any current management system. All you're doing is um, enable a little bit of waste uh, in order to get uh, different, um, like to find what is the best fit for you. Because if you gamble on one element and you lost, you lost. There's no, yeah, there's no other way. And uh, gambling is good if you can predict, uh, but uh, uh, if um, everything is crumbling and moving and, and unstable, um, you are predicting based on what? You can't predict. Um, and no, this is, this is what evolution is dealing with. Yeah? Like a species doesn't know what it's going to deal with tomorrow. They can't predict for that. Uh, they, they don't even have the, 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 the way to think about it. Yeah? 
So uh, what, what uh, nature came with is like, uh, hey, let's do mutation, mutation, mutation. Let's see who, like, who is the best fit. And always uh, we are adapting to the environment around us. And this is exactly what we need to do now. Like, that's what business needs to do now. Um, hard decision, uh, not an easy one. Definitely one that is going to help. Um, better than what we're doing right now, which is nothing. Yes, yes, I hear you. I hear you. And I was thinking, for human society, there is this, all these systems when we see at global level, national level, you know, local level, all these systems, they are all interconnected. At the same time, we also have this free flow of information that has been made available because of the, you know, internet. Now, you know, a lot of countries are trying to go, you know, internal and trying to go towards protectivism and, you know, shut down the free flow of information as we see in China and, you know, Russia and some other countries. But all, more so, I mean, uh, largely we will see that there is a free flow of information, you know, across nations. Now, when we see that we had this free flow of information, if we talk about COVID-19, when this started in uh, you know 19 uh, i think october november we started getting information well, about before that yeah yes yes we started getting information that you know the this epidemic is emerging and you know there is a very high possibility that it will become pandemic we you know we were all getting the same information on the internet in spite of that we saw that how little the systems, especially the healthcare system, how little they did to prepare themselves. When we look at the, you know, protective, you know, mask and, you know, gloves and all those things that uh, were required, you know, for uh, protection, the individuals, individual families, they all started, you know, purchasing online and preparing, make sure that they have masks, they have gloves and all that. But when we see the healthcare system, we see that, you know, they were not prepared. And, you know, by the time it, uh, the pandemic hit the United States, if we talk about, you know, and many other countries also at the same time, these, you know, protective equipments were largely not available. And everybody was scrambling. So the thing that I'm trying to figure out is that in spite of having this free flow of information, how did the supply chain break so, you know, spectacularly for not only the healthcare system, for many systems? How did we not see? How did we not see? It was designed to break. It was designed to break. It was designed to break. So, yeah, yeah so when you have a single point of failure, uh, you design something to fail. So if you, if, if you, uh, if you for efficiency perspective, uh, make sure that all of your goods are going to be done in China. And China yes, is... I hear your point. Yes, I get your point. And then it's designed to fail. Uh, okay, like, uh, maybe not uh, fun to hear it, but that's reality. Uh, yes, you're, you're right. You're right. Uh, you're okay, right. No, I, I worked for a distributor of Toyota. And in um, 2011, um, Toyota has... We have the tsunami, and, you know, all the factories in Toyota whoosh, was blown by the water. And Toyota back in those times wasn't set up to have um, a car manufacturer manufacturing all around the world. So guess what happened? Uh, people sat here, uh, all the operations working, but no cars arriving. Um, uh, I'm pretty sure that uh, uh, Toyota didn't suffer from uh, this problem right now, okay? Uh, because they learned the lessons. 
but uh, our others, like we know the answer yet, they are not. Um, and um, if, if you, so, and again, like, sorry that I'm uh, re referring back, uh, maybe I sound like a broken record, but it's so true that it's amazing. Um, if, if you go and learn um, complexity, you find out that one of the main attributes for you to success in complexity is, is to distribute. Central, centralization is not helping, okay? Yes. In leadership, in the way that you're running your, your supply chain, in the way that you're manufacturing, it doesn't really matter how. Um, yes, no, you're absolutely right, right, right on the point because we made, we all collectively, the world made China the manufacturing, you know, hub. We made India as the pharmacy. They develop more, you know, most of our, uh, they produce most of our drugs. The United States feeds the world, the agriculture industry, you know. So when we look at how we have focused on developing these hubs for different industries, I mean, just think of the possibility if something happens in the United States, the world will go hungry. If something happens to India, you know, most of our pharmaceutical products will not reach here. The manufacturing, you know, as we just witnessed that, you know, China shuts down, we all are doomed. So yes, you are right that we designed the systems that way. And now is the time to think, you know, very critically that is centralization the right way to go or, or we should, you know, have decentralized, you know, approach. We can, we have to produce everything, you know, in many different places. So if one supply chain breaks, then we can, you know, just quickly move towards another supply chain. Those are, you know, very important points, but all that requires first and foremost, you know, digitization to be able to see that visuals, you know, of, okay, this supply chain, there is a blockage here, there is going to be a failure here. So how quickly we can move to another, you know, supply chain. All that would require, you know, us to have a digitized version of the supply chain. Do you see the world working towards that so that we can have that better view in the coming tomorrow of how to prevent such, you know, failures? Yes, I think that you see very clearly, like, uh, everyone is going to that direction. Everyone understands it. Uh, but, you know, as you said, it's all about people. So uh, if, uh, if 10 years ago, would someone tell me, oh, everything is connected, I would say, I don't know what he's talking about. Yeah, I can tell you from my own experience. Uh, it, it doesn't resonate with people. Everything is connected. Uh, you see your own world. Uh, it's very limited. And that's what you, uh, that's how you preserve the world, okay? Um, now, uh, I totally agree with you, I'm nodding with my head, because I do believe and I see that everything is connected. But I don't think that everyone, you might hear people saying that if everything is connected. I don't think that people really realize it, okay? Uh, because if you really realize it, then you start to look as a business on all of your connections. Uh, and you know, like, uh, one of the main things that uh, I'm trying to tell people when I'm going on site to help them is that, uh, you're getting used to focus on the parts of the system. You need to start to look at the interaction between them, like how they are connected. Um, and because there are so many um, flaws in, in the connection as well, they're, they're not perfect. They, they have their own issues. And if you want to be aware that those connections exist, A, and B, that you want to make sure that they don't have issues, you know, it's like you have a problem with your heart, uh, with your liver, let's say, and uh, the problem is actually a clog uh, vessel. Um, that uh, it doesn't matter what you're going to do with your liver, if you're dealing with the symptom. Up until you don't take the clog out or dissolve it or whatever you're going to do, you're not going to resolve the problem. The same apply uh, to businesses. If um, when you're walking to a, uh, an organization, you see people. 
you see them sitting together. Very easy to say, okay, the problem is in the team, the problem is in the group. Uh, the problem is in the process, I can see it. The problem is in the policy. Um, but um, how uh, all of those are um, interlinked together uh, and uh, you know, your organization interlinked to other organizations, all of those dependencies, oh, that's complex. Um, yeah, <laughs> true. Um, but um, you know, the, the, the light in the end of the tunnel that uh, there are tools today and methodologies that uh, helps you to deal with complexity. So you, you, there are tools that help you to model complexity, um, there are tools that help you to simulate complexity, and those tools help you to um, not just, you know, you, you can suddenly get the clarity into complexity and then you can start to get insights. Uh, and something that uh, uh, 10 years ago wasn't available. So, you know, you, you can spend the time, so uh, in a nutshell, uh, those set of tools called systems thinking, um, and MIT were the first one to develop them. It's evolving all the time. But uh, if you Google system thinking and you look on the three different ways uh, that system thinking enable you to model a, like a business or a system or whatever, um, you start to get insight, you, you just, just Google that and you have like uh, now, uh, you, you, you have uh, some hope because you can use those tools. Uh, they're really um, very viable tools um, that uh, enable to deal with complexity. And by the way, uh, you know, United Nations, like big organization that uh, many, so you know, United Nations used those tools in order to uh, deal with the hunger. And they did manage to reduce hunger in a very significant way all around the world. Yeah, it's not resolved but you reduced it. Um, so there are ways to deal with complexity. Simply, you need to be aware of them and you need to spend time to learning them. Uh, it's the same as you learn, uh, you're excited about, I don't know, what is the right type right now, RPA. So the uh, same as you're excited about uh, robotic process automation because you believe it's going to resolve your problem and you, uh, you're asking people to spend time and effort to learn it, uh, find um, what, impacting complexity and what uh, can help you to deal with complexity and ask people to spend, to spend time and effort to deal with that. Um, and even if you are not uh, with the mindset to change uh, your, um, the way that you perceive organization, the way that you perceive or see uh, management models, um, it will give you a significant uh, competitive advantage because I can promise you that others won't do that. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and it gives you like visibility to, 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 to complexity, which is feasible. That, you know, that the reason I'm so passionate about it is because you, you know that people already thought about it. Yes. You know, like um, the last uh, uh, wave, so 20 years ago, um, the world of economics looks really different, yeah? Uh, the perception was that uh, it's very predictable, that it's all, always balanced, that, uh, you know, the very, uh, very deterministic view of, uh, and everyone that says no, they ridiculed it, like he doesn't know what he's talking about, okay? And one of the main uh, achievements of uh, Santa Fe Institute when it was set is to prove the world that uh, actually uh, economy is a complex system and uh, people are not rational. And there's nothing like a rational actor. And uh, I feel that the same thing should be done in the management world. Um, there are enough evidence uh, and experience with the 
the benefit of complexity of using or understanding complexity and using it in other industries or in other discipline just needs to be bring in but for some reason um not yet <laughs> yes very true very true so have, what would you like to tell our global viewers and listeners especially the business decision makers about how to move forward and where they should focus and also you know what would you like to share about your initiatives and books with our global viewers and listeners so explore there, there, there are sciences that deal with complexity explore them okay just uh, google uh, complexity science complex adaptive system you'll find it it's not hiding anywhere uh it's hard to, so most of them won't come in a business language so it's hard to do uh, the transition okay so use any um consultant or any university that uh, develop method how to do it um, yeah. Um, I'm not going to say myself, but MIT definitely uh, can help you. They have a lot of experience in that route, and there are like uh, management consulting companies like ours that provide services, so you can you can go and find people that will help you if you don't want to learn that. Um, spend time and effort on um, on systems thinking. Learn it. It's just it's there. It's a tool. Uh, it's a great tool. It's uh, it's a tool that's missing in your tool set, and you can use it almost on a daily basis, and it will help you. So why not use something that exists, learn it. Uh, so that, that's what I'm telling to decision makers, okay? There's, there are ways um, and there's enough information um, to, make, to, to make stuff better. You don't need to change your organization one day. I don't ask or expect everyone to uh, uh, drop everything like Zappos in one day and become a non-hierarchical organization. Um, but uh, definitely between doing nothing and doing everything, there is a, a yet a lot of uh, gray area and uh, you, you know your organization better than anyone else, understand uh, and look around what others are doing in terms of complexity and try to adjust element that um, works for you. And no, every, every small element will give you a benefit that you, you, you're missing now. So um, there's a lot that can be done. You don't, it's not the end of the world. Uh, it's, uh, it's the beginning of a new thinking, um, maybe. Um, so that, that's in terms of uh, helping uh, people uh, or, or leaders uh, how, to, how to move forward. Um, initiative. Um, so what I spoke so far, that's my life. Okay, that's my passion. Uh, how, how, uh, how to how to help uh, management to to become better? I, I truly believe that there is a way to to um, transform management behind our imagination. It's there. Um, you know, even even what Frederick Taylor did 100 years ago was a huge transformation in management. Uh, those are 100 years ago. Everyone looked at him like crazy. Um, now. Um, we need something different, yes. So um, I think that um, I totally believe that that's something that needs to be done. Totally believe, uh, you know, like my father uh, went to work, uh, he came upset. I went to work, I came upset. My son is going to work, he's coming upset. So like uh, at least uh, three generations, we didn't fix anything. <laughs> it's like nothing go anywhere. Uh, <laughs> and it feels that uh, there is enough uh, capacity and knowledge and experience and talent in the world to, to make a difference in, in that particular area as well. We kind of ignore it. Uh, you know, we would put a lot of emphasis on the environment. Cool, important. But everyone goes to work, or most of the people are going to work. So improving the work environment is important and improving management is eventually improving the working environment. So 
that, that's, that's like my, my life is around that. I truly believe that complexity is, is, is a way to, like learning complexity, embedded ideas of complexity within your organization to the level that you can are, are very kind of, they are easy changes or, uh, or um, cross or, yeah, they are easy changes that you can introduce to your business and get a lot of um, outcome out of it with uh, relatively very low risk and investment. Um, and it's there. Um, in terms of books, so if someone of our listeners um, decided that he wants to, like he was, he's fascinating from ideas like Zappo, okay? And he truly believed that he wants to uh, create uh, or implement a system that is, uh, doesn't have hierarchy, it's a flat organization, um, those type of organization require changes in each and every element in the way that uh, management and HR are running. And you won't find any place very clear instructions on what you should do in order to do that. Uh, you know, um, it might be, it might sound very weird to people in my generation, but I assure you that uh, people from Gen Z uh, probably will, uh, I know, that, so that there are more and more like small companies that start to do it uh, with, you know, younger and, and temper, like they, they understand the, the, the idea of, of that. So if you are in that particular position in your life and you're looking for help, uh, there's, there's a book that we wrote best uh, on my, so I, I've, been, I've done something like that for seven years and I learned a lot of lessons and there's a book that uh, I wrote or we wrote, I didn't do it by myself that uh, takes all the practical aspect and, and explain like what are the changes that we need to do in management level, in HR level, in order to run an organization like that. Um, but if you're not in that field, it's not going to help you. Great, thank you for sharing that. Thank you so much, Neti, for participating in this roundup today. We appreciate your thoughtful insight on adjusting to COVID-19 complexities. And our global viewers and listeners will benefit tremendously from the information you provided today and also from your book. And as a result, this risk round of dialogue has been of service. We thank you for that. Oh, thank you very much for your kindness and having me speaking. Wonderful. Thank you so much. You're welcome. So Risk Group is a strategic security risk research platform and community. Our ecosystem is the first and only cross-disciplinary and collective community that is made of top scientists, security professionals, thought leaders, entrepreneurs, philanthropists, policymakers and academic institutions from across nations collaborating to research, review, rate, and report strategic security risks to protect the future of humanity. Add your voice to risk groups, get involved to protect the future of humanity. Until next time, I'm Jayashree, host of Risk Roundup, signing off. See you next time. Thank you.